Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Julie Kibuishi was a beautiful, smart, vivacious 23-year-old young woman who is a dancer and an aspiring fashion designer and everybody who met her fell in love with her. May 21st, 2010, is a beautiful night in Southern California. Julie went to have dinner in Long Beach and suddenly disappeared. Julie's friends were texting her frantically, text after text, hey Julie, your mom called me. Can you call me? Hey Julie, was everything okay? By the next day, Julie's mom was desperate. This kind of thing never happened to my daughter. So we called the police. And I said, I don't care. I don't care where you find her, but I need to find her. At the same time, there's another family who is looking for their beloved son, Sam Her, who was supposed to come over that weekend and also never showed up. I said, I'm going to drive down and make sure Sam's OK, because he's not answering his phone. I had the key to his apartment. I walked in. It looked clean, everything was fine. And then I glanced into the bedroom, and that's where I saw a body there. There's a body in my son's apartment. There's a what? A body. A dead body. A dead body? Are you sure, sir? I'm sure. And first thought is, what did he do? Within a few minutes, it's no, Sam wouldn't do something like this. Police enter the apartment, and they see a young woman laying face down on the bed with her jeans cut off. Written on her back was a message saying, all yours, F you. They very quickly learned that the woman on the bed was Julie. Being a mother, you would do anything to protect your child. At that point, did you have a prime suspect? Sam. Sam's friends could not believe that this happened because his relationship with Julie, they were very close. They were like brother and sister. However, all of the evidence pointed at Sam. Julie was found shot in Sam's apartment. 
Sam's car is missing, his passport is missing. We launched a massive manhunt trying to find Sam Her. We believed he was armed and dangerous. We believed he could kill again. I know that from the bottom of my heart, from the pit of my stomach, he would not harm a woman. We started interviewing all of Sam's good friends, and that led us to Daniel Wozniak. He was like, dude, it's not good. It's like, there's a body in my apartment. Daniel Wozniak had a fiance named Rachel Buffett. At a certain point, you reach your shock level you can't handle anymore. We quickly learned that nothing was as it seemed. Even the most demented Hollywood writers would not have dreamed up an ending like this. May 22, 2010, Steve Hare's mind was reeling. Does your son know who it is? He's not here. 23-year-old okay. Julie Kibuishi lay dead in his son Sam's apartment. What happened? This happened. This happened. I'm seeing how she's positioned. What had Sam done to his friend? Julie was there. The white sheets were just full of blood. She was wearing a tiara, very dark, full kind of hair, just covered in blood. Deceased with a gunshot wound to her head. Detectives uh, Ed Everett, Jose Morales, and Mike Cohen took on a case laced with mystery. Starting with that scrawled obscenity, all yours, F you, punctuating the already obscene murder scene. I've never seen anything like that before. It seemed like there was a message maybe possibly a love triangle uh, happening. It didn't seem right. What do you mean it didn't seem right? The pieces just didn't fit correctly at the time. You had to break the news to her parents? Yes, I did. It was tough. Are you Mrs. Kipuishi and Mr. Kipuishi? And I said, yes. And then I came in, and one of them told me, OK, Mrs. Kipuishi, I want you to sit down. My hands started shaking, and then uh, they told us that they found her, and you know, she was shot in the head. Yeah. yeah. But first I said, no, no, that's not my daughter. No, that's not my daughter. Julie, a dancer and fashion designer with her own style. She's such a goofball. So, a goofball? Mm -hmm. When she's home, you know she's home. Because, because she's singing, or she's the music on. What do you want people to know? My daughter was such a, <laughs> she's the person that I always kind of take care of, the friends. But now, Julie Kibuishi, the young woman her mom lovingly calls a goofball, had been shot dead and possibly raped here in Sam's apartment. And investigators were about to make another discovery. We learned that he was involved in a homicide. 
Sam had been arrested and charged with murder before. At 18, he got mixed up with a rough crowd that included gangbangers. Person was killed, murdered, and then another person was killed in retribution to that. And uh, Sam, amongst uh, 23 others, were accused of being participating in that. When he went to court, he was acquitted, he was exonerated, and that was it. That's, that, part of, that part of life was over with. Was he ever in a gang? No. 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 But to the cops, Sam's past confirmed all their current suspicions. Sam was their killer. Sam was our guy. It was his apartment. And when cops checked Julie's cell phone, it was loaded with messages from Sam begging her to come over. He was just a very caring guy. That's the one thing that I learned is how someone could care so much about everyone else. Here's a photo of the uh, photo. Miles of the, uh, Fultz met Sam as he was turning his life around, leaving his bad choices behind, fighting for his country, enlisting in the army, and deploying to Afghanistan. We were both stationed at a base out in the middle of nowhere. But how good of a friend was Sam? He, he was my best friend. This is riding in style, bro. <laughs> I hope you taping this for my mommy back home. Miles and Sam would travel the world together. Ibiza, we went to Israel, Prague, Oktoberfest, then uh, Munich. Sam always finding the cheapest hotels, always saving his money. He always wanted to go places, but he always wanted to be a cheapskate about it. What did Sam do with his money? He saved it. How much money had he saved? Over 60000 And it was all from Afghanistan. He saved every penny. And when they finished fighting a war, the best friends headed home to Southern California, where Sam shared his world with Miles. Did you meet Julie? Yeah, I did. What was she like? She was a really sweet girl. They were kind of like brother and sister. Sam's mother, Raquel. We met her once because she was tutoring Sammy with anthropology, which, <laughs> by the way, you got an A on the, in that class. And she was an angel. She was very, very nice. And according to his parents, the bottom line on Sam? Just a typical guy, you know, just a fun-loving guy. What'd you love about Sam? Everything. But police are certain both parents and friends don't know the dark truth about Sam. We wanted to find him pretty bad. There was no activity on his phone, so we assumed that it was turned off. And the cops aren't the only detectives on this case. You pulled up Sam's bank account. Correct. And what did you see? Money was being withdrawn every day. Cash from this ATM in Long Beach, California. At an ATM at Chase. A Chase ATM, and then a pizza place called? Echoes. So you decided to go there? I did go there. I was hoping to see either Sam come in, maybe ordering something, or see his car. But did you see I saw nothing. No, I saw nothing. nothing. You actually went out looking for him? Yeah. And nothing? Nothing. Did you think it was possible that Sam could have killed this woman and been on the run? No. There was never a thought in my mind that that was possible. Exhausted past midnight at the kitchen table, Steve and Raquel start dialing Sam's friends, one of whom gives them a phone number for someone they'd never heard of, Daniel Wozniak. It was the only number they had with a Long Beach area code. 
and the money was being withdrawn. From Long Beach, the area code belonged to Dan Wozniak. Dan Wozniak, a local actor with a magnetic personality who would soon be starring in a real-life police drama. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Julie Kibuishi was dead and Sam Hare was still nowhere to be found as police investigators spread across Orange County and loved ones tried to make sense of the impossible. Where is Sam? What's going on? Because he's not a guy to, to you know, go and uh, murder someone. Who killed the hog? There, there's still still, still investigations yeah. ongoing the first thing that they said was sam killed my daughter and then ran away he's on the run what was going through your head i hope sam is fine that he's safe i thought maybe they got him as a tie down somewhere ransom or something it's hard in that sense that you know that there's something going on and you don't know all the pieces and you just want the answer and you're willing to do anything to figure out the answer. The answer would begin with Steve Hare dialing that Long Beach number one of Sam's friends had mentioned. Dan Wozniak answered the call. And he, he sounded nervous. And that's when he told me Sam had problems. He was having family problems. Family problems. Family problems. Why was that such a red flag to you? Because of the closeness Sam, myself, and Raquel had. There, there was, were no family problems. problems. Are you kidding me? And then along came Wesley Freilich. So how'd you meet Daniel Wozniak? My mom was a theater teacher, so by nature, I drifted towards acting as an extracurricular activity. The actors met on stage back when Wesley was in middle school. Fantastic guy. One of those guys that you actually wanted to be around, made you laugh. Very sweet person. And in 2010, Wozniak was a small town star in the play Nine down at the community theater. Did you trust Dan? Yeah. Dan told then 17-year-old Wesley he could make fast money using a bank card. I was just like, yeah, why not? Even though the name on the card read Sam Hare. So I went to the ATM, did exactly like he told me, and withdrew money, and then came back and gave him the money. So his credit card was still active? Yes. It was being used in the Long Beach area. It wasn't Sam taking out the money? It wasn't Sam. What did the person look like? A young 17 to 20-year-old white male, baseball hat. Wesley, in disguise, flashing Sam Hare's bank card. Somebody ordered a pizza on Sam's credit card? Yes. <laughs> so I ordered a pizza. What did you think when you saw that? Well, we thought Sam was getting sloppy because he used his credit card to get a pizza. So, of course, you went to that house. Yes. 
finished the pizza, was inside, heard a helicopter, look outside, two cop cars, FBI van, helicopter, and then that's when I open up the door and they say, get on the ground. And then that's when they all come in. Shaken and scared, Wesley told investigators all about Daniel Wozniak. How Wozniak insisted it was perfectly okay for Wesley to withdraw money from that ATM in Long Beach. It turned out Wozniak was Sam's neighbor and he was getting married in a few days when police showed up at his bachelor party. Daniel seemed surprised to see us. Seemed somewhat a little nervous. Uh, you could see the blood just drain from his, his face. And he made a statement to me that he would tell us everything. What were you thinking? I thought at that point he was going to lead us to Sam. And you will be my true love. Wozniak's wedding looked like it might just have to be postponed. Fellow actor and blushing bride-to-be Rachel Buffett would later tell Dr. Phil all about it. I first met Dan doing a play, and I quickly fell for him. In late 2008, he asked me to marry him. I looked at it as though we were going to have an awesome future. But the curtain was about to come down on those plans. I will talk to you about anything if it gets me to my wedding on Friday. That's what I will promise. Convinced Wozniak is somehow covering for Sam. You're not going to be leaving here anytime soon. Okay. He is charged as an accessory to the murder of Julie Kibuishi. Yes, I helped Sam get away. Yes, I did not know what he was planning until then. Wozniak yes, first tells detectives yes. he saw Sam the same day Julie was murdered. And he claims Sam drove off with a mysterious man in a black hat. But then... He told us that there was a light. There really wasn't a person with a black hat in the car, and it was him and Sam initially. No guy with the black hat. No guy with the black hat. The interrogation wears on. Did you see Julie? Did you in the apartment? No, I did not. Were you there when she was shot? No, I was not. Are you sure about that? I don't even know when she was shot. Under the spotlight, sit down. Sit down, the actor heightens the drama. You're driving with Sam, and he tells you that he did something bad. He did something bad. I'm on the freeway when he tells me this. And it took Telling detectives Sam had actually confessed to him. But I pull up the freeway, and I'm like, what the f what, what have you What have you gotten me into? What are you doing? He was like, dude, it's not good. There's a, a body in my apartment. I shot somebody. Daniel said that Sam had told him that Julie Kubiashi was in, in his room and that he had killed her. Then, according to Wozniak, Sam Hare issued a death threat. And then he said, well, I know where you live. OK? He's like, you wrap me out, I'm going to kill you. Wozniak spun the tale. Sam as a killer on the run, desperate for cash. Wesley Freilich made the withdrawals, and Wozniak, in exchange for his silence, took a cut of Sam's money as Sam plotted his escape. Did it seem like Daniel was willing to tell you where Sam was? 
No, not at all. Did you think Daniel knew where Sam was? My gut instinct, yes. And there's more to this in your telling us. There's a whole lot more. Prosecutor Matt Murphy would eventually be tasked with putting all the pieces together in a case that shocked even the veteran DA. As far as the cases I've done, this is as ugly and as ruthless and as horrific as anything I've ever seen. Do you want to talk to us, yes or no? Yes. To hear more of Sam's father's frantic call to 911, visit 48 Hours on Facebook. It's almost 2 a.m., four hours after getting arrested as an accessory to murder. And Daniel Wozniak is still insisting he doesn't know where Sam Hare is. I'm talk about what happened to Sam. I don't know what happened to Sam. Sometimes whispering, sometimes yelling. I don't know what else you want me to say. I don't know. I don't know. Wozniak stuck to the script. But what I just told you is the honest to God truth. He dropped Sam off and was expecting to hear from him soon. You're done? Suspecting he was lying, the detectives turned up the heat. You always want to have that good guy, bad guy kind of cop thing going, and it always works. You can't even keep your lies straight. In our case, it worked real well. The harder they pushed, Man up. the more his story changed. He went from saying he never entered Sam's apartment to this. He came down and said, help me. I went upstairs, and yes, I saw the goddamn body. Is that what you want to hear? Wozniak goes on to make his biggest mistake yet. What did you see? I saw two gunshots in her head. Red flag. Yes, not beyond red flag, alarm bells going off. It was that statement, says senior deputy district attorney Matt Murphy, that put Daniel Wozniak in a whole new category, prime suspect. You can't see the bullet holes. What you saw on the back of her head actually was brain matter. That's what you saw. You can't see bullet holes in the back of her head. That's really where it turned. Detectives now believed he knew more than he was saying, but they still didn't know what. You can go over and sit right there. They decided to bring Rachel in to see Rachel. if that would tell them more. They want to see what she's going to do. They want to test and see, could she be involved in this? This is true, isn't it? Rachel barely reacted to the news that the man she was set to marry the following day was under arrest for covering up a murder or that her wedding was off. Did she scream at him? Did she cry? No, not one time. Another huge red flag to the detectives. Daniel told you that Rachel knew nothing. Did it seem like she knew nothing? No, it, it, uh, it seemed like she knew more. Why did you lie to me? It almost seemed to us that she was trying to figure out what have you told them that I need to know. Hello? Hi, baby. When the two talked on a recorded phone call from jail, it was clear she at least knew about one thing, this backpack. Daniel had given it to his brother, Tim, to throw away. Tim says he has evidence with him, or, or he knew where it was or something. Then I'm doomed. Do you know that Tim had some evidence? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is ridiculous, and I have to go tell the detectives no, the truth. No, that can't be found. Babe, um, listen to me. I'm going to go do something right now, and you're not going to see me for the rest of your life. Do you understand that? No. No. 
I have to tell the truth on what I did. And I think you now know what it is. And it's bad. Imagine the worst, and that's what I did. The police did find that backpack. And just as Wozniak had said, it led to his doom. He knows what's in that backpack because he put it there. Shell casings from Julie's murder, Sam's wallet, Sam's ID, the checkbook, Sam's bloody clothes. This is a bonanza of evidence. He knows he's done. You've indicated to me that you want to talk to us. Correct? That afternoon, Daniel Wozniak sent word to the detectives that he wanted to talk. He looked emotionally drained. He just, he started speaking to us. What did he say? That he did it. I'm crazy and I did it. You did what? I killed Julie and I killed Sam. The detectives couldn't believe what they were hearing. Sam Hare, the man they believed killed Julie, was dead. Not a murderer, but another victim in Wozniak's twisted scheme. What went through your head at that point? Well, we knew that now we just had to listen to him, ask him some questions, what he did with Sam. That was our biggest thing, because we wanted to find Sam. Sam is decapitated. In a cold, matter-of-fact tone, Wozniak told detectives where to find Sam, at least pieces of him. After shooting the war hero, Wozniak dismembered him with an axe and saw, and then tossed some of the body parts across this park, not even bothering to bury them. I was in shock. And then to hear the grisly part of the dismemberment, and then discarding the body parts in the park, and then it's just overall attitude was just chilling for me. They said, Steve, we gotta come over. We gotta see you. They pulled up and they came in and they said Sam was murdered. That's when I ran upstairs to the room and I lost it. The detectives didn't tell the grieving parents the grisly details of their son's murder until the next day. They called me up and said, Steve, before you find out by the news, Sam was dismembered. That, that's when I just went off the deep end. I was angry. I was angry. The police were able to find all of Sam's body parts, except his hand and head. The next day, the Saturday, was his birthday. And I was praying for them to find Sam's head. A father has to pray on his son's birthday that they find his head. Go ahead and tell me how I feel. Sam's head was found in the park under scattered leaves on his 27th birthday. His hand was never found. Sam Hare was given a hero's burial with full military honors. His alleged killer, Daniel Wozniak, was immediately charged with two counts of first-degree murder. Daniel's brother Tim and Rachel Buffett would also be arrested, not for murder, but as accessories after the fact. Tim for hiding that backpack, and Rachel, cops say she lied to them. Is that your true name, Mr. Wozniak? Either to protect Daniel or to cover her own tracks. We always felt Rachel was a part of this. She's living with him. Do you think that Rachel was involved in this from the beginning? Yes. Yes, that she knew about it. She knew about it before this happened. I absolutely feel like I was duped by Dan. 
While awaiting trial, Rachel, by then out on bail, made that appearance on Dr. Phil, telling everyone she didn't know a thing. Did you know that he had any involvement in these murders at all? Not until after the police did. Steve Hare was not about to let Rachel Buffett go on national TV without confronting her. I was aghast when I get a call saying, you're going on TV. My son is dead. He was cut up into pieces. And you to come on here and, and go on the TV stations, poor me, that offends me. I understand. And maybe I made a bad judgment call by coming on here. But I didn't come out when everything first happened and said, oh, look at this horrible situation. I'm the victim. You know, you didn't see me selling my story to Hollywood to make a movie. Not yet. No Hollywood version could be worse than what you're about to hear. Coming up, relax. you'll see the killer describing how and why he did it. The motive behind killing Sam was, okay, <laughs> stop it, pull yourself together. Hi, my name is Dan Wozniak. I'll be playing the role of John Davis in Orange Cat. <laughs> this is the face Daniel Wozniak presented to the world. God, Daniel, I'm just saying Orange Cat. I can't say the A happy, fun-loving actor. Yeah! Hamming it up alongside fiance Rachel Buffett. A real nice guy. But that is not who he is, says prosecutor Matt Murphy. So what's the real face of Daniel Wozniak? The real face of Daniel Wozniak is dark and manipulative and flat-out evil. A man so evil, he planned and executed two savage murders. Why? To pay for his honeymoon. It was all just about the money. That was it. Desperate to impress his bride, the groom-to-be set his sights on friend and neighbor Sam Hare, who he knew had saved all that money as a soldier. Wozniak told the police that he lured Sam to the attic of this theater, pretending he needed help moving something. Sam being Sam obliged, says Mom Raquel. He loved to help people, but he also was very naive. He just trusted people. He trusted Wozniak enough to turn his back on him. That's when the actor shot him. I shot him once and then he was still alive. Say, I need help, I need help. Something hit me, it, sound, it felt like an electric shock. Uh-huh, and then what'd you do? <laughs> I reloaded and fired again. Wozniak stole Sam's phone and credit cards, then left his body in the attic. Then, unbelievably, performed his starring role in Nine that night. Kara Kessner was the stage manager. How did he seem? He seemed just like any other day. He seemed fine. He did a great job. This is the actual performance. Castmate Deborah Kennedy. Or like I remember getting goosebumps and going, yeah, Daniel, nail it. It was that good. Yeah. After the performance, by then about 10.30 p.m. on Friday night, Daniel and Rachel returned to their apartment. Then he turned to covering up his crime texting Julie on Sam's phone, pretending to be Sam. I was saying, you need to come over tonight. You need to come over tonight. Julie, wearing the tiara she was to wear in her brother's wedding, went to Sam's around midnight. 
Daniel appeared, unlocked the door. She followed him in. And said, oh, by the way, did you see this in Sam's bed? And she's like, what? He led her into the bedroom. I said, read, lean over, look at it right there. And when she was leaned over, I put two bullets in the back of her head. He then wrote, all yours, F you, and cut her pants off. He wanted to set up Sam. He wanted to make Sam look like a rapist and a killer, so the police would be looking for him. Why? Because the man has no heart and he has no soul, and he loved the idea of how clever he was. His murderous plot didn't end there. The next morning, Saturday, he returned to the theater where Sam lay dead and began the devil's work of hacking his body apart, an act he tells the detectives he found funny. How tragic was this murder plot? A greedy groom, the pursuit of ill-gotten ill gain, dismembers a young man and discards him like a piece of garbage. The prosecution deemed the crime so heinous it warranted the death penalty. But Wozniak's defense team was not rolling over. In spite of his confession to police, Wozniak pleaded not guilty. Incredibly, it would take five and a half years to go to trial. No victim's family should have to be put through that, none. They're in contempt of court, from my perspective. The families blamed defense attorney Scott Sanders for filing numerous motions accusing prosecutors and the sheriff of misusing informants to elicit damning evidence against his clients. You've got an informant. He's talking. Even though prosecutor Matt Murphy told the court he was not going to present evidence from any informant at Wozniak's trial. While the families waited, Daniel Wozniak made the most of his newfound celebrity. I want people to know that I'm a good guy. Appearing on the show Lockup. I enjoy long walks on the beach. I'm an Aries. <laughs> For five and a half years, I have watched that man come into court wearing an orange jumpsuit, bounding in with a smile on his face like Tigger the Tiger. What is up with that smile? Daniel Wozniak's smile is a point of manipulation. You know, he gets things that way. Do you feel like Sam and Julie have been forgotten in all yes. of this? Unless we mention their names for five years for over 100 hearings, their names are not mentioned. We've addressed the court a number of times. This case is about Samuel Heron and Julie Kibiyushi. You gotta put their names. In December 2015, finally, their names would be spoken. Sam, her, and Julie Kibuishi. Daniel Wozniak, you murdered them both. And ladies and gentlemen, we are gonna get to a penalty phase. Daniel Wozniak went on trial for the double murder of Julie Kibuishi and Sam Hare. If found guilty, a jury could sentence him to die. Not good enough for this prosecutor. The death penalty is not enough for Daniel Wozniak on this. For justice to be done in this case, personally, I'd prefer proof of hell. I'd prefer proof that there's, a, that there's something that is awaiting him after he dies. There are searches on Google. Matt Murphy presented the evidence, painting a chilling portrait of a killer with no conscience. How to hide a body, quick ways to kill people, and sandals resorts. This is a guy who's planning to murder two human beings so he can have an awesome honeymoon down in, in Mexico. Then there was the physical evidence, the gun he stole from his own father to kill his victims, and that backpack jammed with evidence. Now, from a forensic, cold, sterile analysis of evidence, it doesn't get any better than that for a jury. 
the prosecution put on 23 witnesses over four days, including Wesley Freilich, who was arrested but never charged for his role in Daniel Wozniak's scheme. What was it like to see Daniel in court? Disturbing. He was smiling at me. The man that murdered two people just sat there and just gave you this little, just like, just like acknowledgeable smirk, just. The defense declined to put on any witnesses. After a five-day trial, Daniel Wozniak's fate was in the hands of the jury. Steve Hare knows that nothing can bring his son, Sam, back. He's gone. I want now justice. I'll grieve for the rest of my life, but, but it doesn't run my life. The justice for it runs my life. And has the jury reached unanimous verdict? Yes. After waiting five and a half years, the people of the state of California plaintiff versus Daniel Patrick Wozniak. It takes the jury just two hours to reach a decision. We, the jury in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Daniel Patrick Wozniak, guilty of the crime of felony. Daniel Wozniak sits emotionless as a jury finds him guilty of murdering Sam Hare and Julie Kibuishi. A verdict that is a relief, but it's not enough for the Hare and Kibuishi families. What he did to Sam, and then, of course, what he did to Julie, it warrants the death penalty. The quicker, the better. Just two weeks later, the same jurors are back in the same courtroom for what's called the penalty phase. They will have to determine whether Wozniak should be given life in prison or be sentenced to death. Prosecutor Matt Murphy, who has tried seven other death penalty cases in his career, says his strategy is simple. It is get Kibuishis and the hers on the witness stand so that the jury can understand their pain. Ladies and gentlemen, he knew that Sam and Julie were loved. Now you get to think about those people, and you get to think about those moms and what they have gone through, and you get to assign a weight to that. And that's the beautiful thing about a penalty phase, because it's not his show anymore. It is Sam and Julie's show. And it's about the families now. It's not about him. Six people testify on behalf of Sam and Julie, but not one of Wozniak's family members ever showed up to support him. By all accounts and everything that we did in the investigation, he has very nice parents. And that might be why they're not here. They're nice people. They gave him every possible advantage, which to a certain extent is one of the things that makes this case so heinous. When you're making a determination about death... Wozniak's defense attorney, Scott Sanders, tries to shift blame to Rachel Buffett, Wozniak's former fiancé. But remember, she's not been charged with committing or planning the murders, just as an accessory after the fact. You'll see very soon, she's the smarter of the two by far. Their strategy is try to get as much attention away from Daniel Wozniak and what he did. Pin it on Rachel as much yeah, as they Yeah, they need a villain. It takes a week before the case goes again to the jury. Matt Murphy recalls what he was feeling at that moment. Are you optimistic? Oh, gosh, no. I'm, I'm they call it PAPV psychosis. What is that? Post-argument pre-verdict psychosis. Every prosecutor turns into Woody Allen and, and underneath their skin when a jury is out. Everybody is neurotic and they're self-doubting and self-loathing. You're terrified that you did something to screw it up. 
To everyone's surprise, the jury comes back quickly in just a little over an hour. We, the jury in the above entitled action, determined that the penalty to be imposed upon defendant Daniel Patrick Wozniak to be death. It's been a long five and a half years. They kind of waited for this day. And it wasn't over yet. Before the judge could formally sentence Wozniak, Sanders demanded more time to explore the informant issue and argue against the death penalty. Good afternoon. It would be eight more months before the families finally got their chance to address the court and the man who murdered their children. Steve Hare stood surrounded by combat veterans who had served with Sam. You, Dan, are a coward and a poster boy for the need of the effective death penalty in California. My only regret that in this state won't let me kill this coward myself. Thank you. Next, it was Julie's mother's turn. You took her precious life, and then you disgraced her. Why? What did she do to you? How could you do anything like that to my baby? Judge Conley then turned to Daniel Wozniak and read his decision. It is the order of this court that you shall suffer the death penalty. Finally, justice for Julie and Sam. It would take two years after Daniel Wozniak was sentenced to death for his former fiance, Rachel Buffett, to face a judge and jury for lying to police. By Monday, she knows her friend, Julie Kibuishi, was murdered, knows Sam is still missing, knows Wozniak has to be connected by this point. But she doesn't want to say anything that's going to hurt Daniel Wozniak. Rachel is charged with accessory after the fact, trying to help her fiance escape justice. Remember how Wozniak initially told police he saw Sam on the day of the murder drive off with a mysterious man in a black hat? Murphy points out Rachel told police the same lie. And in her videotaped interrogation, the lies continued. I do not believe in one bit, okay? Rachel echoed Wozniak's lie about Sam having problems with his family. She claimed Sam mentioned it to her. There's no way that he could have told you this about his family. I thought you really did. Because he does not have problems with his family. But defense attorney Dave Medina argues Rachel is another victim of Daniel Wozniak. In order for you to believe the government's theory in this case, you have to believe that Rachel knew that Dan butchered two of her friends. You have to believe that Rachel was okay with that. But Matt Murphy gets the last word. All of this stuff goes on right under her nose. So she doesn't have to know that he butchered two people and be okay with it. She just has to know he's involved and tell police things that are not true in an attempt to help him. Now, I count 19 separate lies in that interview. I'm asking you to convict on one of them. This past Wednesday, after a week-long trial, the jury spent a day deliberating and reached its verdict. We, the jury, find the defendant, Rachel May Buffett, guilty. The sweetest sound that I heard was the clicks of the handcuffs going around Rachel Buffett. 
almost eight and a half years after the murders, the case of Daniel Wozniak and Rachel Buffett finally ends. But the feelings of loss only deepen. This is her sheet. I can still send. I miss my boy. It's an honor to be a father. This is the best thing in the world. Forever, the Hare and Kibuishi families will be linked, always remembering, never forgetting, their beautiful children, Sam and Julie. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.